This is True News, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help us God. I'm Rick Wiles. Just minutes ago, the Holy Spirit inspired me to put aside my thoughts of how I was going to open today's True News and instead uh, begin by reading to you the Word of God. If you have your Bible, turn to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 18. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter, saith the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in mine hand, O house of Israel. And what instant I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck up and to pull down and to destroy it, If that nation against whom I have pronounced turn from their evil, I will repent of the evil that I thought to do unto them. And at what instant I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to build and to plant it. If it do evil in my sight, that it it obey not my voice, then I will repent of the good wherewith I said I would benefit them. Now, therefore, go to, go to speak to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I frame evil against you and devise a device against you. Return ye now every one from his evil way and make your ways and your doings good. <coughs> and they said, There is no hope. But we will walk after our own devices, and we will, everyone, do the imagination of his evil heart. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, ask ye now, (coughs) excuse me, ask ye now among the heathen, who hath heard such things? The virgin of Israel hath done a very horrible thing. That is a message to the United States of America today, Doc. Because God planted a good seed here. God planted a good nation here. And we've obviously gone away from that. And if God, you know, can plant a good seed, but that good seed decides to do evil, does not God have the right to pluck it up out of the ground? He does. He's the potter. And that's what this, this verse, this chapter 18 of Jeremiah. Let's, something I haven't done for a long, long time. I used to do this often on this program, 1999, 2000, 2001, many years, I read this scripture, but I I altered it. Let's start with changing. Let's start with verse five. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, O house of America. Yes. Cannot I do with you as this potter, saith the Lord? 
Behold, as the, dick, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in my hand, O house of America. They get some red, white, and blue Americans really riled up. Don't just talk like that about the USA. Yeah, I am talking like that. The Lord has delivered stern messages to this country for decades. And the time is coming. Is coming. He's going to smash the clay pot. He's going to smash it. He's going to throw it to the ground and smash it. It's going to shatter into hundreds of pieces. America, you're proud and arrogant. And you're deluded with sin. You're drunk on sin. Absolutely drunk on sin. And the Lord God of the universe is ready to throw America to the ground and shatter it to break your pride, to bring you to your knees. The people, in verse 12, the people of Israel, God's chosen people. And they said, there is no hope. But we will walk after our own devices, our, our own wicked imaginations. And we will, everyone, do the imagination of his evil heart. And then God turns and says, ask the heathen. Ask the heathen themselves. Have they ever seen anything like this before where a people devoted, chosen by God, basically spits in God's face? Right. That's even unheard of among the heathen. Yes. Because these were God's chosen people. Right who knew the Lord and walked away from him. And that's where America's at. America used to know the Lord, but America has walked away from the Lord. And the time of warning is coming to an end. The time of breaking is ready to begin. That is my message to you. I have been at this post. I actually started in 1998. This program started in 1999, today. Oh, I just thought about this, Doc. No this wonder. Day. No wonder I'm reading this today. No wonder I'm reading this today. today May 24. May, May 24th. May 24, my first program in Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. My message was Jesus Christ is America's only hope. No wonder the Lord is stirring me this day. This is our anniversary. 23 years in this seat, telling the American people to repent, come back to God, and yet this country has not obeyed. This country, has, this country is farther from God today than it was in 1999. I had some hope in 99 that we could turn it around. Recent years, this is living in America, this is like living in Sodom and Gomorrah. I don't recognize this place anymore. It's become so wicked, so vile and disgusting in its behavior and its attitude towards God. And it's, it's rebellious and stubborn and proud. And America says, no harm will come to us. Yes. No harm will come to us. We're chosen. We're chosen. Oh, yes, harm will come. God will throw this marred pot to the ground and shatter it. 
It'll break up into hundreds of pieces. It will never be put back together again. The land will be occupied by foreign people. The land will spew the American people off the continent. I want to show you some serious news today. If you've been watching me for any length of time, you've heard me say this stuff over and over and over. And I don't think a lot of you have become immune to it. You just tune in for another dose of it, but you're immune to it. Right. They've become calloused. Yes. You believe it, but you don't believe it. Because if you did believe it, you would be doing different things. And most people have a normalcy bias and just say, it's not going to happen. Look, I deal with it. All right? I'm trying to live every day, one day at a time. I'm, I'm trying to plan like there's, there's going to be years and years and years ahead. And yet I look at what's going on and I go, these are dark storm clouds. Let me show you stuff that happened today. All right, let's go to, let's go to uh, the first one from London. U.S. warned they must prepare for Putin's worst weapons as nuclear war is escalating fast as there are few rules left. Now, this, this is talking about two different people. Um, the first part, the U.S. warned that the Americans must prepare for Putin's worst weapons. That came from Senator Mitt Romney. The second part, uh, nuclear war is escalating fast as there are few rules left. That came from former Russian President Dmitry Medvedev. Medvedev, yes. So we'll start with Senator Romney. So he, he had, wrote... Yeah, he had an opinion article in the New York Times. Right. So they invited him to write this. That's Yes. Okay. So there, that's the New York Times op-ed written by Mitt Romney, we must prepare for Putin's worst weapons. Doc, things have deteriorated to the point that U.S. senators are now writing for the New York Times what I've been saying for years. Think about that. Yeah, I am thinking about it. I'm thinking there's not much time left. And there's not much options left either. No. And they're coming down to that. They're coming down to the only yeah. choices it's, are nuclear weapons. Yes. And, and the, most of the public doesn't know this, and the few people who do know it are indifferent to it. Uh, we'll take a, uh, take a look at Deseret News in Utah. U.S. should prepare for a cornered, delusional Vladimir Putin using nuclear weapons. Well, right there is why... Uh, American leaders are delusional. They, they continue to paint, tell this narrative that Vladimir Putin has lost his mind. He's a right. lunatic. You know why they're doing that? <coughs> because they're reflecting their own delusion? Yes, but also <clears throat> they're prepping the public for the reason we must strike first. Yes. He's delusional. We, we have to protect ourselves, yes. right? We have to protect NATO. We have to yes. protect the West. We have to protect America. Yes. So they're telling the, the world Putin has lost his mind. Therefore, America was justified in a first strike against Russia. 
But let's let's read some of the statements by Mitt Romney. Yeah. So the United States and NATO should prepare for a Russian nuclear strike if a cornered and delusional Vladimir Putin should turn to those weapons in his country's ongoing war in Ukraine. Senator Mitt Romney says, Russia's foreign minister and its ambassador to the U.S. have both signaled that Russia's debacle in Ukraine could lead to a nuclear strike, and Putin himself has noted that he has weapons his opponents do not and that he will use them if needed, according to the Utah Republican. It goes on to say, we should imagine the unimaginable, specifically how we would respond militarily and economically to such a seismic shift in the global geopolitical terrain, Romney wrote, as, it, as we mentioned in the essay for the New York Times over the weekend. Senator, the thought has not entered your mind that the U.S. may not be able to respond. You may cease to exist. They don't even think of it in those terms. No, Rick. no, not at all. He's talking about, well, we need to be preparing of how we're going to destroy Russia after they attack us. How about this scenario, Senator Romney? There's nothing left on the American continent. Yes. Well, uh, they go on to say in this particular article, the U.S. and NATO should, uh, would have several options should Putin deploy nuclear weapons. Note, some would argue for a like response, Romney said. NATO could engage in Ukraine, potentially obliterating Russia's struggling military. Further, we could confront China and every other nation with a choice much like that George W. Bush gave the world after September 11th. You're either with us or you're with Russia. You cannot be with both. both okay. he wrote. That's exactly where they want things to yes. be, don't they? Let's go, go back to that quote from Senator Romney. Option one, NATO can enter the war in Ukraine and take on the Russian military directly. So you get a Ukrainian war theater, NATO versus Russia in Ukraine. That's option one. Option two is we tell China and every other nation, either you join the United States and help us defeat Russia, or you are on their side and you can't win. Those are the two options Mitt Romney had. Both of those are war. Yes. Both of those are world war, which we're already in. Yes. I, I said it to you yesterday. World War III started officially. It started with the Ukraine war. That's it. Those of you who are saying, Rick, there hasn't been any nuclear weapons used. Therefore, this is not World War III. I'm going to say it to you again. World, nuclear weapons will be used at the conclusion yes. of World War III, not the beginning. It's how it ends. Weapons of mass destruction. World War III has started. The nuclear weapons are coming. Chemical and biological weapons are coming. In fact, the biological weapons have already been released. The first batch was COVID. The second batch is monkeypox. We're, we're, we've got two biological weapons already unleashed on the human race. We're in World War III. Who knows what the third biological weapon will be? What I do know is you need Jesus Christ. You need the blood of Christ. I don't care about your politics. I don't care if you're right, left, center, mo I don't care. You need Jesus. I, I love you. 
I love you and I care about you and I don't care about your politics. I, I just want you to be saved. I want you to be safe. I, I want you to, I want you to spend eternity with Jesus Christ. We may all disappear quickly from the face of the earth. All of us. There is no guarantee that we're going to survive this war. There may only be a handful of people in remote countries that survive. But it's only their bodies that will be incinerated, vaporized, not their souls. So even if that happens, if the worst case happens, the best happens, you're in the presence of the Lord. But if you, if you are outside of Christ, and this happens to us, you are outside of God forever, eternity, separated from God. And that's not a place you want to be, because there's no way out of it. That's what, that's what motivates me, to see more of you come into the kingdom of God. I don't care how you vote. I don't care about your skin color. I don't care about your ethnicity. I don't care. I just care about your soul. And I want you to be saved. And that includes my enemies. That includes people who don't like me. I, I don't care. I care about you. I care about your soul. And that's why I stay here day after day since May 24, 1999. I've been in this seat consistently for 23 years telling people World War III is coming. It's going to be horrific. I'm no longer telling you that. It's here. Yes. It's now a matter of days, weeks, months. It, we're in it now. Yes, Almighty God could intervene and stop it somehow, but I don't see it happening. I don't see anyone desiring that. I don't, nobody wants no it. One, no one they wants want the peace. war. We're hearing from uh, globalists all over the world. We're hearing from the church. They want, they want the, the war. war. They want the war to fulfill Bible prophecy. They want, they want all of this. Doc, uh, the president of Belarus, yes. uh, Alexander Lukashenko, who was very close to Russian President Putin, uh, he warned, World War III is coming unless the NATO West stops sending weapons to Ukraine. Well, they're not going to stop. They're going to continue with it. Belarusian President Alexander Lukashenko, a key ally of Russian President Vladimir Putin, has warned that Western countries supplying weapons to Ukraine could lead to World War III. In a letter to United Nations Secretary General Antonio Guterres released on Monday, Lukashenko warned that international efforts to bolster Ukraine's security could lead to the conflict that the country expanding into another world war, according to Belarusian state media outlet Belta. Lukashenko told Belarus calls on the countries of the world to unite and prevent the regional conflict in Europe from escalating into a full-scale world war. Well, Mr. Lukashenko, I think that is exactly what they want. They yes. want a full-scale yes. world war. Because they're convinced they're going to win. In their pride, they're convinced they're going to win. But that's going to be their downfall. Their pride will be their downfall. 
Doc, I saw one uh, left-leaning news site online that had an article about Lukashenko's letter, and they described it as kind of you know, delusional, warped letter from the president of Belarus. I read the letter. It's not warped. It's not delusional. He's telling NATO nations there's going to be a nuclear war if you don't stop it. What's warped about it? What's, what's delusional? I'll tell you who's delusional. The people in the West who are not taking seriously a global world war. Right. That's who's delusional. I, I just want to get out of the bullseye that we're in. You're living in the United States, you're in the bullseye. Don't think just because there's a big ocean between us and Europe that we're somehow protected. We're not protected. Not in this day and age. Not in the age of hypersonic missile technology. Hypersonic. We're minutes away. And, and Russia's submarine that has a tsunami torpedo, a nuclear torpedo that will generate a tsunami 1,500 feet high that would cover the entire East Coast from New Hampshire to the Keys of Florida. Okay, think about that. That's what's coming, folks. Because Russia's going to fight to survive. They don't They're have any choice. They're going to fight to survive. They They're going no to choice. throw everything they can at us. Every weapon they have made is going to be used. And for all these characters out there that are ready to go to war, ready to enter into World War III on a full-scale uh, level, they've got a new friend on their side, no less than George Soros speaking at the World Economic Forum here, World Economic Forum going on, uh, continuing to uh, today, where George Soros was speaking today and said, civilization as we know it, as he knows it, may not survive the Ukraine war and, and pushed for uh, the elimination of Putin and Russia. Let's watch this. The invasion of Ukraine didn't come out of the blue. The world has been increasingly engaged in a struggle between two systems of governance that are diametrically opposed to each other, open society and closed society. Let me define the difference as simply as I can. In an open society, the rule of the, of, of the state is to protect the freedom of the individual. In a closed society, the role of the individual is to serve the rulers of the state. Other issues concerning all of humanity fighting pandemics and climate change, avoiding nuclear war, maintaining global institutions, have had to take a back seat to that struggle. That's why I say our civilization may not survive. Folks, did you just grasp what we just heard? That's today. World Economic Forum, Davos. Yeah, the, the Billionaire George Soros say this war in Ukraine, civilization as we know it, may not survive. So this is not only a fight for survival for Russia, it's a fight for survival for 
the, for NATO too, isn't it? But what do they want to do at the World Economic Forum? The Great Reset. Yes. And what do they need to do the Great Reset? You need to destroy what's already in place in order to build something new. That's right. So the destruction is coming. The destruction is on its way. They've, uh, listen, George Soros is saying we have to have this done. He's telling all the globalists there, this is the plan. We're moving forward on this. Uh, I want to I jump down to uh, 12B. Um, this came out uh, late today, Russia Today. Ukraine vowed to enter Crimea by the end of this year. All right, so what do they know? They said the turnaround in the conflict with Russia is going to happen in August, the head of Ukrainian military intelligence claims. So what's going to happen between now and August? What, what changes are going to be in place? Well, apparently they're expecting NATO to get involved in the fight. Because why, why else would Ukraine say we're going to directly invade Crimea and fight to the death with the Russian military over Crimea? Unless they know that NATO has their back going into Crimea. So do you think there have been some back-channel commitments from uh, NATO member nations, from, yes. from diplomats saying, we, we really got you this time, we were, we're really going to help you out this time? Yeah, they lied, been... they lied to them again. NATO is using Ukraine. Uh, one of the, uh, I, I didn't bring the article, uh, uh, a former American diplomat, I want to say McFaul, literally admitted last week that the U.S. and NATO has been lying. Yes, I saw that article. You sent it over. And he goes, that's the way the world's run. Yeah, that's the way it is. It's the way the cookie crumbles. He, he didn't even <laughs> blush. Yeah, we lied to him. He admitted. The, the, the questioner said, has the West been lying to Ukraine? He said, yes, that's the way the world's run. So they're still lying to Ukraine. Hey, go on in and invade Crimea. Just go ahead and do it. We've got your back. Okay. What they want is for the bear to roar. Okay, they want the bear to roar. Russia's not going to let go of Crimea because it's sacred, holy ground to them. Right. It's where Christianity came from to Russia. Folks, we are the heathen, pagan, Nazi America fighting Russia that sees that itself as fighting to hold on to traditional Christianity against a godless West. That's their view. That is their view. And I, I don't think people really realize that. That they, they just think Russia, they think of the old Soviet ideal and everything, but this is a different Russia today. Yes. This is a, a <coughs> Russia that now is saying, we will fight to the death because if there's not a Russia in the world, then why do we need a world? That's right. Doc and they've said that. In the 50s and 60s, the mindset in America was God-fearing America up against godless Soviet Union. Right. It's flipped. It's now the God-fearing Russia fighting the godless America. The Americans don't get it. They don't see it. Okay. Uh, it's, you know, the frog in the kettle. Okay. We now have frog broth because the frogs in, have been boiling so much that it's just broth now. We're gone. We're, we're finished as a nation. The, without Christ, there's nothing, there's absolutely no future for this country without Christ. 
cannot happen. When you have, when you have transvestites, drag queens, being invited into elementary schools to read books to children, when school libraries have pornographic homosexual books, and when parents go to the school board to complain, the parents are removed from the meetings. When you've reached this state of depravity, there's nothing left to save. There's nothing left. We've become a depraved nation, total depravity. The depraved people are in power. And the people who know what's right and wrong are, are not in power anymore. The depraved are in power. And the depraved are leading us to nuclear war with Russia, which I, believes it is fighting for Christianity. And I challenge anyone to defend that America is a Christian nation. I, I challenge you. We're not, Doc. We haven't been a who, Christian nation. Who in the leadership of this nation is, is a believer in Jesus Christ? Who? N name some names. How about who a disciple it? of Jesus Christ? There's a lot of people that just, they'll do lip service. They'll just say, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. But a disciple. Yeah. Okay. And They're if, not disciples. If America is a Christian nation, what, what definition are you using for that? What, I mean, how do you justify that? You can't. Um, so in Russia's mind, this is a moral war. It's a war for the survival of Russia. It's a war. For, it's a religious war for them. That's right. Doc, yesterday, Joe Biden in Japan said uh, the U.S. would defend Taiwan militarily if China invaded Taiwan. Let me show you what. China and Russia did today. This is number 10, Fox News. Russia, China fly nuclear-capable bombers in joint military drill during Biden trip to Japan. Get the message? What's the message here? Suddenly, out of nowhere, Russian and Chinese nuclear bombers appeared near Japan. So in a joint military exercise in which both Russia and China flew nuclear-capable bombers Tuesday, we don't even know if they had nuclear bombs on them. To keep that They're in mind. They're just capable. They're capable. Uh, during President Biden's trip to Eastern Asia, it demonstrates how both sides remain close, even as Russia brutalizes Ukraine, a senior administration official tells Fox News. The drills, which the official described as the most significant cooperation between the two countries since Russia invaded Ukraine three months ago, Come as Biden is in Tokyo for the Quad Leader Summit with the leaders of Japan, India, and Australia. Okay. And so, so, yeah. so, all right, so this is a military alliance that's forming. Right. The United States, Japan, India, and Australia. That's the, that's the Pacific theater in World War III. You're right. I, that's a good point. Yep, that's the Pacific theater. <laughs> There'll be a MacArthur. Who's going to be General MacArthur in the Pacific theater? That's the Pacific Theater that's coming together. And so by our arrogance, we have driven Russia into the arms of China. We, Russia wanted to join NATO 20 years ago. They finally gave up. They said, they want war with us. And they were even as recently as three, four years ago willing to enter into a security agreement with the EU. 
Uh, we yes. saw it in St. Petersburg. We heard Vladimir yes. Putin all make that offer. Doc, Russia was willing to enter into a security agreement with Ukraine and NATO in January of this year. Yes. Mr. Lavrov made that clear. Now, in these uh, drills that took place, it wasn't limited to just the area around Japan, but also around Korea. Yonhap News is reporting multiple Russian Chinese warplanes entered the Kata's uh, zone without notice. That's the uh, Korea um, Air Defense Air zone. Defense Independent, or I forget uh, what the I stands yeah. for, but it's basically the air identity. Zone, so the Korean. Air Defense Identity Zone. So, multiple Russian and Chinese warplanes entered South Korea's Air Defense ID Zone without notice on Tuesday, prompting the Air Force to scramble fighters to the scene. Seoul's Joint Chief of Staff said the JCS said the two Chinese and four Russian warplanes entered the Kades but did not violate South Korea's territorial air. Uh, prior to their entry into the zone, our military deployed Air Force fighters to conduct tactical steps in preparation against potential accidental situations, uh, Joint Chiefs of Staff said. Uh, at 7.56 a.m., two Chinese H-6 bombers entered the uh, Cadiz from an area 126 kilometers northwest of I oh, I no, get this word, Iodo, a submerged rock south of the southern island of Jeju, according to the JCS. They moved toward the East Sea and exited the zone around 9.33 a.m. And then later, two Chinese warplanes joined four Russian warplanes including two Tu-95 bombers, entered the Cadiz together. They left the zone later, and then later that afternoon, four Chinese and two Russian military aircraft were spotted flying in areas some 267 kilometers southeast of Iota, outside the Cadiz. And so we see these patterns all, all the time, Rick, when there's an increase in rhetoric between countries we see that pushing of the boundaries, especially mm -hmm. air boundaries. Um, so we're not limited to Russia and China. I just got a report here uh, just a few minutes ago, also from Yonab, that North Korea uh, fired ballistic missiles here uh, just within the past hour or so into the Sea of Japan. Okay. And so uh, North Korea is feeling confident now. now they're feeling, uh, you know, their oats, if you will. And so we're going to continue to see this escalation until something's going to happen. And it's not going to be accidental. Don't, don't ever be fooled. There's some accident. Someone fires a gun. Something, something real is going to happen. And that's going to set everything off in a moment. Doc, let's go back in time. And let's imagine it's uh, May 24, 1941. And uh, you're your grandparents were at their farm in Missouri. My grandparents at their place in Maryland. There's no TV, they got radio. Right. No television, it's radio. They have the radio on and a bulletin comes in. They're listening to say CBS radio and an announcer says, this is an important announcement from CBS radio news. Multiple Japanese warplanes entered Hawaii's air defense identification zone without notice today. Well, you'd be freaking out. You'd think America was under attack, right? How many people would have said, you know, I think there's going to be a war? A lot of people would. <laughs> May of 1941. Japanese attack December 1941. 
But if you'd heard those reports in May of 41, would you have said, I better get ready. I think we're going to have a war with Japan. This doesn't look good. Friends, pay attention to what's happening. Pay attention. All right. Do what you have to do to get ready. But I'm telling you right now, unless Almighty God sovereignly intervenes, we're going into a nuclear, biological, chemical war with Russia and China. And it's coming quickly. It's coming a lot quicker than I like right now. Okay, I, I don't like... I don't like the feeling I'm getting. I, I don't like the atmosphere that we're in. You know, as we mentioned beginning of the program, this is 23 years today uh, from that first uh, God cast back in Dallas, Texas. Looking back over the 23 years, have you ever seen um, so many different things happening simultaneously as you Never. do right now? Never. So you're not just sounding an alarm, you know, saying, this is, you know, this is it. No, you're mm -hmm. really saying, this is it. I have never seen anything like this. Because so ever. many things are lining up. Yeah. So many I things are lining up. Never seen a situation like it is right now. It's the most dire I've seen in the 23 years I've been doing this program. And I, if you've watched me for years or listened, you also know I, I, get, um, I get antsy around Christmas time, okay? Uh, particularly Thanksgiving to New Year's because years ago, somewhere around the 2010, 11, 12, various members of my family, including myself, my wife Susan, my daughter, my daughter-in-law, um, some close friends, we started receiving dreams from the Lord during that time. Again, it was like 2010 to 2012. And they were dreams about war. And it was every, the thing that was consistent in every dream. Each dream was different, but the common denominator in each dream was it was Christmas time. Okay? Not Christmas Day, but the Christmas, Christmas season. Time, yeah. The season. And in America, Christmas is from Thanksgiving to New Year's Day. That's Christmas. That's the Christmas season. And I, I've always felt that the Lord was telling me, when this war erupts into all-out fighting, it will be at Christmas time. So, is it this year? Possibly. It's moving so fast. I, I'm bracing for it now. It's like we're really moving quickly towards a war by the end of this year. Uh, could it? Could this be pushed over another year? Possibly. I, you know, I don't know. Uh, it doesn't seem. How far can you stretch a rubber band before it breaks? Because that's what we're doing right now. The world leaders are stretching a rubber band to see how far can they possibly stretch it before it snaps. Well, I'm, I'm convinced they're, that they think they're behind schedule. Yes. I, I think they wanted this to happen a year ago. Oh, Doc, you're absolutely right. They wanted this to happen. They wanted this to happen. Bef they wanted Hillary Clinton in the White House 
in 2016, 17. Remember Russia in October of they 2016? Doing, they were doing nationwide drills, putting everybody down in bunkers. 40 million Russians went into underground bunkers in October of 2016 because they thought Hillary Clinton was going to win and Russia was braced for nuclear war. Because the Hillary camp believed that a cyber attack was justifiable means for a nuclear response. And you can fake a cyber attack. I think they did yes. fake a cyber attack on us and, we and blamed prayed, Russia for it. We prayed for a reprieve. Oh. We prayed for a reprieve. A reprieve is not an acquittal. A reprieve in court is your sentencing is delayed. Your imprisonment is delayed. Your execution is delayed. We prayed for a reprieve and Donald J. Trump was elected. And I said to this country, you have an opportunity to turn to Almighty God. Donald Trump is not, not the solution. And I voted for him. And I supported him. But he was, remember I said, the Lord showed me he was a doorstop. Yes. I saw in the, in the spring of 2016, my wife and I were walking in the evening and I saw a hand drop a doorstop between the door and the door frame and the door couldn't go shut. And I, in my spirit, I heard the Holy Spirit say, Donald Trump is a doorstop to prevent judgment from coming now. People tried to turn Donald Trump into the Savior. The door. They tried to make him the door, but Jesus Christ is the door, the way. He was a doorstop to prevent judgment from coming into the country. The church in this country, co corporately, collectively, we squandered oh and gosh. wasted the time we wasted it. We, we cashed in our checks for political favors. Yes. And the political favors was to get the U.S. Embassy moved to Jerusalem. That's it. That's all the preachers wanted. It wasn't about abortion. It wasn't Nothing. about gay marriage. It was Nothing. about the embassy in Jerusalem. We squandered the reprieve. And now the reprieve is over. And the Lord has the pottery in his hand and he's ready to smash it to the ground and shatter it. Let's show you another story. I saw this today, Doc. Uh, this is number 16 from TASS, Russian news agency. One of the first stages of the trial over Azov, I'm going to add Nazis, the Azov Brigade. They, those are the Nazis in the Ukrainian military, Azov. Right. One of the first stages of the trial over the Azov militants will be held in Maripol. Right, right now, all the mainstream outlets are focusing on that uh, Russian uh, soldier yes. uh, being sentenced for killing the Ukrainian. Yes. That's, that's where all the focus in the mainstream press is. But, the, but Russians now, they're going to start trying Nazis. But they're not calling it a trial. If you look under the, the uh, in, in underneath the headline there, that's the correct headline. 
that was on tasks. The first tribunals, they're calling them tribunals. Right. I want you to listen as we read uh, two of the paragraphs from this article today. The tribunal over Ukrainian nationalists from the Azov Battalion will be held in several stages, and one of the first will be in Maripol. This was announced by the head of the Donetsk People's Republic, Denis Pushlin. I think that we should not delay with the tribunal, and a number of intermediate tribunals should be held before the main tribunal, as was the case after the Great Patriotic War. Before Nuremberg, there were both the Kiev and Kharkov tribunals and a number of others. Stop, stop right there. Okay. I, you know, and I didn't know that. Before Nuremberg, there were tribunals in Ukraine. In Ukraine. To kill the Nazis after the end of World War II. To execute the Nazis. What they're saying, what the Russians are saying is the, the tribunals are starting very soon. We're going to execute the Nazis. He said the first tribunal will be in Maripol. Well, that's where this intense fighting was right. happening for weeks, where the, the Western news reporting was about the Russian slaughter in Maripol. And the brave Ukrainians fighting the Ru uh, Russians in Maripol. But the truth is the Russians were going into Maripol to defeat the Nazis. Yes. And they captured them. And now they're going to execute them. They, they, the, the Nazi leaders were deep underground in Maripol. What did you tell me, Doc? Six uh, floors yeah. deep? The, the steel plant where they were held up there for that extended period of time, that wasn't just, you know, it just sounds like, well, like a, a steel plant we have up in Pittsburgh or something. No, this was a very special steel plant. This was built by the Soviets back in the Soviet days. It went seven stories underground under this steel plant. This steel plant covered basically, in all the complex, covered about three or four square miles on, on the ground. But underneath were seven layers of tunnels. And the leaders of the Azov Battalion, the Nazi Battalion, had dug themselves down into the very lowest level. So there was intense fighting for that steel the plant. The Russian soldiers fighting. They dug almost, the Nazis out of the ground yes. there, basically. None of us will, will know the intensity of the warfare that was taking place inside that steel plant. And this was a, a key uh, picture for the Ukrainians because if the Russians <laughs> could take this, they can take anything in Ukraine. Don't believe the mainstream reports that Russia is defeated or on the run or anything like that. They hold a third of the country right now. They don't tell you that on NBC or CBS or even Fox. But the Russians control that. And so, uh, according to Pushlin, a number of countries have already uh, have a preliminary consent to participate in the international tribunal. Okay, so what does that mean? That what, means what countries are going to come in and have judges at these tribunals. That means anyone that is in partnership with Russia at this point. So that could be Cuba, uh, Cuba, Nicaragua, Venezuela, China, I mean, Iran. Uh, so any countries that would, you know, that have made some sort of commitment to this. Obviously, no NATO country is going to make a commitment of course to not. this. But in, in the aftermath of World War II, it was the Western powers that defeated Nazism that held the tribunals at Nuremberg. Right. 
this time, the Nazi tribunals are being held, conducted by another group of nations. Has it sunk into you that America and the Western nations are, are the Nazi axis in World War III? <laughs> it's hard for people to comprehend that. Because they've, they've adapted to the fascism, the Nazism in America. They've adapted to it. Right. We've been Nazified. And, and, you know, this country carves up little babies and sells their hearts and brains and livers. Fauci does human experiments. We're Nazis. We've been Nazis for decades. And now Russia is saying we're going to take on the Nazis and we're going to hold tribunals. Remember the QAnon baloney that went on? Oh, the tribunals. The tribunals, Doc. The tribunals have started. Trump is rounding up the right. deep state and they're holding the tribunals. Oh, nothing like that happened. But the Russians are holding tribunals. They're rounding up the real Nazis. Yes. They're not kidding. There ain't no QAnon going on in Russia. They're holding Nazi tribunals and they're going to execute real Nazis because the Nazis killed tens of millions of Russians in World War II, and they're not going to allow it to happen again. And that's why they're in Ukraine. It, you have to know history and what happened and why things are happening right now. And the Russians are fighting for their survival. Now, you may disagree and say, well, they have it wrong. Does it matter? It's their point of view. It's their point of view, and they have nukes. We, we don't think in those terms, no, do we? We no. think, well, they're not Russia, allowed to have Ru their point of view. Russia's wrong, and not take into account that they have a view on the situation, too, a view that might impact you. Uh, so if you've got a neighbor that's, let's say, armed, and you're in a dispute with him, um, is it a good idea to get in an argument with him? It, the idea mm -hmm. would be it's best to avoid a right. conflict because he may use his weapon, right? Talk, talk it out. Wouldn't that be a better way to do that? But no one wants right. that. They want a gunfight. They do. They, they not, not only want a gunfight, they want a bar fight. Yes. <laughs> and they want to burn the saloon down. Yes. You've got it, Doc. <laughs> that's, exactly, that's exactly what they want to do. And it's madness. It's total madness. Uh, Henry Kissinger, I can't believe he's still out there. <laughs> he's still alive. He's still alive, <laughs> and he's still attending Davos. He was there today. I mean, look at George Soros. He barely... I thought he was in a, from a wax museum. I mean, <laughs> he was melting. I, mean, I know. Right Soros and, those hot lights. and Kissinger, you know they're, they're getting gene therapy to keep them alive. <laughs> but Kissinger said today, Ukraine must give Russia territory. He said this in Davos. Right, and this is an article that was actually written by Ambrose Evans Pritchard. If you ever want to get smart, read Pritchard. And so uh, veteran U.S. statesman Henry Kissinger has urged the West to stop trying to inflict a crushing defeat on Russian forces in Ukraine, warning that it would have disastrous consequences for the long-term stability of Europe. Former U.S. Secretary of State and architect of the Cold War rapprochement between the U.S. and China told a gathering in Davos that it would be fatal for the West to get swept up in the mood of the moment and forget 
the proper place of Russia in the European balance of power. He's actually making sense here. Dr. Kissinger said the war must not be allowed to drag on for much longer and came close to calling on the West to bully Ukraine into accepting negotiations on terms that fall very far short of its current war aims. Quote, negotiations need to begin in the next two months before it creates upheavals and tensions that will not be easily overcome. Ideally, the dividing line should be a return to the status quo ante. Pursuing the war beyond that point would not be about the freedom of Ukraine, but a new war against Russia itself, he said. Now, uh, Doc, Dr. Kissinger said two months to negotiate an end to this war. That's June and July. Yes. What comes after July? August. Didn't we just talk about August? We talked about Ukraine entering Crimea by August. So there's plans in place, aren't there? Yes. And it's a, a, a calendar. And Dr. Kissinger's aware of those plans. Mm -hmm. And he is actually, I, I hate to say it, he's actually saying you may want to reconsider mm -hmm. uh, the current plan that's in place here. Because if we continue on this path, by August, we could be in a full-blown nuclear war. That's right. You know, uh, Soros could get picked up and taken to the tribunals. He's got a long history of helping Nazis. Especially Going in all Ukraine. the way back to the Second World War, he helped Nazis. They might just pick him up. We do want Nazis to go to trial, right? Of course. I want all the Nazis to be rounded up. Wherever they are. Wherever. That's the one thing I have in common with the Jews. I want all the Nazis rounded up. And I'm sure they want Soros rounded up. Since he collaborated with the Nazis. And sold out his own Jewish people in World War II. And bragged about it. Admitted it. On, on CBS 60 Minutes. But instead he'll probably be buried on the Mount of Olives. And, so. and he got to speak at Davos today. <laughs> at the dinner. Not just speak oh, at yeah. Davos, but at the dinner. Yes. And they only let the most important people speak at well, the WFD dinner. He did, he did dinner. when we were there, remember? We didn't, get to, we didn't have a so. ticket to the dinner. <laughs> All right, we had to go back to the ski lodge, but Kissinger spoke, I mean, Soros spoke at the dinner at that one. Hey, a couple more stories before we wrap it up. Um, the food shortage. Uh, NPR, with food prices climbing, the United Nations is warning of crippling food shortages, global shortages. Next one, Fortune magazine. Russia could keep millions of tons of cereal grains off the world market. It's Russia that's doing that. When, when do, uh, look at this. Cereal and corn will start running out in 2023. The world faces the risk of food shortages. Folks, take note of this. Cereal, meaning grains. Right. And corn will run out in 2023. You mean like in the aftermath of a nuclear war? And notice they say it start running out in 2023. It's not, not running out in 2022. Right. They're saying next year. Yes. So what do they know that's on the calendar next year? That's what I'm, that's what I'm implying, Doc. Uh, the Russians said, <coughs> uh, we're not the problem. Uh, not, not the best picture of Peskov no, there from Fortune, but... But he's just saying, stop blaming us. We didn't start this mess, uh, but Russia's being blamed for it. Uh, CNBC, 
IMF says global economy faces a confluence of calamities. The biggest test since when? World War II. The last World War. Uh, this was the uh, lady that spoke at uh, uh, a couple weeks ago and said there the, the law of unintended consequences is in place now with everything that's been happening in the world. Uh, the International Monetary Fund has warned against geoeconomic geo fragmentation. That was a new phrase I learned today. As policymakers and business leaders gather at the World Economic Forum in Davos, in a blog post ahead of this week's event, IMF Managing Director Kristalina Georgieva said the global economy faces its biggest test since the Second World War, with Russia's invasion of Ukraine compounding the residual economic effects of, effects of COVID-19 crisis, dragging down growth and driving inflation to multi-decade highs. She went on to uh, write, spiraling food and energy prices are squeezing households around the world while central banks are tightening monetary policy to rein in inflation, exerting further pressure on indebted nations, companies, and families. When combined with the spike in volatil volatility in financial markets and persistent threat from climate change, always got to throw that in, the IMF said the world faces a potential confluence of calamities. But she went on to say, yet our ability to respond is hampered by another consequence of the war in Ukraine, the sharply increased risk of geoeconomic fragmentation. Tensions over trade, technology, standards, and security have been growing for many years, undermining growth and trust in the global, current global economic system. The way she went on to explain it, Rick, is that um, What's happening is the world's becoming multipolar in so many different respects. Mm -hmm. I think it's that, bipolar. And so it is acting bipolar. But she's pushing, if we can just all get together, if we can all just be on the same plan, if we can all just re reunite and move... Without forward, Russia. Yes. Uh, and bring Russia on board, but in subjection to what we're doing. Oh, uh, they don't plan so, to bring Russia on so, board. They plan uh, to crush, crush it. Russia. So. You want to know what Davos is? Doc and I... I've been to Davos twice. Uh, compliments of uh, former President Donald Trump, and I'm always uh, forever very grateful. I, that was uh, a highlight uh, during those, uh, those times that President Trump was in the White House uh, because it, it allowed me to get inside Davos and see How just it really works. what does it look like? How do they operate? Um, here's my explanation of what Davos is. It's when 3,000 globalists get together to discuss solutions to the problems they created at the last meeting. <laughs> yep, you, you've got it, Rick. That pretty that's much it. sums it up. All right, that's it. And that's it for today. Love you very much. God bless. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless you.